Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of your favorite Celtics podcast, Chasing Banners. This is episode 14. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. There you can find everything you want to find about me, Celtics-related, NBA-related, my blogs, podcasts, everything you want to know about me, you can find on my Twitter at Dante on Deck. And today, like always, I am joined by my fabulous, wonderful, handsome, co-host ryan ryan sheehan i am absolutely flattered that i am in the presence of the most handsome man (laughs) to ever grace the lands of earth i am 401 sheehan that's where you can find me on twitter um actually i just want to make a quick announcement because i'm just getting an update right now uh since the celtics and raptors will be facing each other in the next round um it appears that Kyle Lowry being reported by Shams has been diagnosed with a left ankle sprain and the status will be updated later. So what a great start to the show. What a great uh, start. Well, listen, <laughs> we have Hayward out with an ankle sprain. Now we've got Lowry out with an ankle sprain. I guess it makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, it has to go both ways at this point. First playoff matchup between the two teams and both teams are down one of their key players. So that is just what we love to see, I guess. But it, uh, I'll be um, – I'm curious to see what the updates will be later to see how serious this is because, um, you know, Gordon Gordon won't be coming back for a while anyways. He left the bubble. Yeah, so, definitely not for this series. No, and the thing is he still has to have the birth of his son. So I don't see yep. him coming back until at least after that happens. So we're not going to see him for a little while. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, we talked about this last episode with Gordon Hayward. It's gonna, we're definitely gonna miss his presence more against the Raptors than we were going to against the Sixers. Uh, you know, we're gonna be talking about that this episode. How the Celtics just absolutely dominated the Sixers from Game One on to Game Four, swept them. Uh, but Gordon Hayward, uh, it sucked not having him. But it's, it was also one of those series that like you could lose one of your top guys and you could probably make it out just fine. Obviously the Celtics did. It's a, it's against the Raptors where we're definitely going to see where we're going to miss him uh, with them, you know, us matching up against each other, even without Hayward. I'm still very confident that the Celtics match up with the Raptors uh, uh, Tatum and Siakam. I think Tatum has the upper hand on Siakam at this point, to be quite honest with you, the way that he's been performing in the playoffs, Van Vliet, who honestly, this might be a little of a hot take uh, just because Lowry is more of a leader for that team, but I'm much more concerned about Van Vliet than I would have for Lowry because Van Vliet, like, especially in the bubble, he's just had like some great like breakout performances, like 30 point games. He can, I, I, I swear, I'm, I sometimes I watch these Raptors games and I just don't see him miss. And I'm just like, wow, like this guy can really light it up. So like him and Kemba, I'd give Kemba the upper hand because, you know, he's older, he's, he, He's better, in my opinion. But and then you got Brown, and I guess if Lowry's healthy, those top three guys for the Raptors: Van Vliet, Siakam, Lowry, and then you have Brown, Kemba, Jason. I'm picking the Celtics big three ten times out of ten. You know what I mean, Ryan? Yep. No, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. The thing about the Toronto Raptors is you look on their team on on paper. And you see Kyle Lowry, you see Siakam, you see Van Vliet, and then you see a bunch of guys that have been, you know, just dropped off their teams, like the lower end of the bench guys or 
role players, and that is their team. They don't have one big star. You know, they have Pascal Siakam, who was an all-star, Kyle Lowry, all-star, but they are not massive stars, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you look at this team, the way they built, they're just aware of who they are. And that's why Nick Nurse is such a great coach because he has been able to work with what he has and he has been able to make them understand like, hey, guys, we are unlike any other team in the league. You know, we don't have the star power, but yet we're not like the lower tier of the league. We're in the upper tier. We're good enough to be with the upper tier, but realize who you are. Again, mm -hmm. no, no real stars at all. They just play with heart. They hustle and they work hard. And that's, that's, that's how they're going to win. If they were to make it to the NBA Finals again, they're going to win mainly off of just hustle. And that's why their team is so good because they hustle all the time. They do not stop. They're so resilient. And a perfect example of, to show how resilient they are, I was watching the uh, Toronto Raptors Brooklyn Nets game yesterday on Sunday. Today's Monday. And they're up by like 25 and Van Vliet's hustling his ass back down the court to stop a breakaway. He got a flagrant on it, which was the soft. Yeah, I, I, I saw soft that. Ass. Yeah. Soft ass and the guy ball. missed the two, the guy missed the two free throws anyway. So ball yeah. don't lie, I guess. Yeah. Ball don't lie for real. But I mean, like that just shows like who they are. That one play by Van Vliet. He's one of their star players and he's still hustling up 25, up 25. They're blowing this team out and he's still hustling his ass back. That just shows who the Toronto Raptors are, and that's why this series is going to be so difficult because you're putting up a very talented team against a team that has a chip on their shoulder and a team that is just will show you, hey, again, we do not have this star power like you guys do, like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, all those guys, but we are going to – beat your ass we're gonna like let you know we're here and we're gonna take you all the way if we have to so this yep. series this this is gonna be a, a a very crazy series a very exciting series very different from what we saw in the first round and the celtics they're gonna have to take game one to be honest with you if they want to win this series you have to start out hot you have to get the upper hand right away because this toronto raptors team even if you go down by one game you don't want to be down against them ever because yep. they will they will end it on you. Yeah, no, just a few points coming off of what you said. I mean, this is when you look back at this playoffs, at this playoffs in the bubble, this is going to be the series that people are going to remember because this is going to be one of the more exciting series. It is going to be one of those series that in all honesty, it probably is going to go seven games. Every game is going to be hectic. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be down to the wire. And that's how it's going to be when you have two of the best teams in the NBA going at it like they are. I mean, this is just what everyone kind of expected. They expected the Raptors, the Celtics, and it's going to end up being Milwaukee and Miami most likely. That, that's what people expected. But just to read off of some stats from the last round against the Nets, you had Van Vliet averaging 21 and 8, 8 assists. You had Siakam averaging 21 and 8 rebounds, 5 assists as well. Ibaka averaged 19 and 10. Norman Powell off uh, Norman Powell averaged 17 and a half. Lowry, 12 and a half, seven boards, five assists. And then Terrence Davis also averaged over 11. And then you also have guys like OG. I, I, I don't pronounce his last name because I always mess it up. Ananobi. Ananobi. <laughs> Marcus yeah. Saul. And then you got guys like Stanley Johnson, Matt Thomas, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson. 
they have a deep team and it's like I obviously it was against the Nets so I mean like you can take what you want from that but the Nets also did beat the Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers in the first round and they were also without Joe Harris um, for the last two games so the the Raptors have weapons they have guys that can they have six guys averaging over 10 points over 11 points game excuse me and that is so uh, this team is so well coached by who you mentioned, Nick Nurse. He actually won Coach of the Year. They actually yep, he actually it. announced that he won it. I had personally had Billy Donovan winning it. I know we talked about this before, but I'm not surprised nor am I upset that Nick Nurse won it. Because like you also said, this team doesn't have a solidified star. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard left. He's gone. They lost their Finals MVP, but yet they still managed to have the second best record in the NBA. They still managed to win 50 something games. The most. I'm pretty sure. Um, they were better. They had a better record this year than they did with Kawhi Leonard last year. Like it's just they, from where they went last year to this year, no one really expected them to be where they are. Unless you're a Toronto fan, I personally didn't think the Toronto Raptors would be any higher than a fourth seed. I thought they would be four would be like their cap, and then they'd float around like five or six. And here they are at number two. The only team that they're behind record-wise is the Milwaukee Bucks, who are probably the title favorites or one of the big one of the biggest title favorites. This is not a matchup. You cannot go down one nothing to this team. You cannot go down 2-1 to this team. This is a team that you need to stay foot on the gas pedal all the way through. You cannot let up because if you give them any breathing room, they will go at you. They will step on they will step on your necks. They will step over you and they will not give a shit. They will just keep going at it. And they will not stop until they win. That's why the Celtics need to have the upper hand. Uh, during the regular season, they won 3-1. Uh, you, you, I mean, honestly, you can say what you want about the regular season. The Sixers beat the Celtics 3-1 in the regular season, and they got swept. So, I mean, that's one thing. But the Celtics also beat the Raptors in the bubble by 22 points. So, I feel like that's – if you're going to take something out of the regular season games, like that's the game you want to you wanna look at. Um, it's going to be competitive, man. I mean, like, it's so hard to tell. Like, we're Celtics fans. So, right now we're saying we, want, we're gonna, we think the Celtics are going to win in six, seven games. But it can go either way, like very, very easily. And if I'm being honest with you, Ryan, if the Raptors win, I'm going to be all on – I'm going to be hopping on the Raptors bandwagon and I'm going to be rooting uh, for them to win the title this year, in all honesty. No, I agree with you. I think if, if the Raptors beat the Celtics, Milwaukee's going to have some trouble. They will. For the sure only two, some the only two teams I think match up with the the Bucks really. I mean the Heat do, but like realistically, the Raptors and the Celtics, like whoever they get out of this round, they're gonna have some trouble with. Yeah, the thing about the Raptors, the Celtics have to really try their hardest with, I I like do something, do something, take Michael's secret stuff before the game, give it to the entire bench. That's it, the entire bench. Here is Michael's secret stuff. Give it to because, Brad Wanamaker. Yes, it's uh, Brad Wanamaker hasn't been playing bad. No, he Mark actually solid. been play, He actually had solid. a good first round. I'll yes. give it to him. Yes, I, he's I'll been playing. He's been playing very solid. I'm not upset with Brad Wanamaker. the The Raptors just put up a hundred bench points on the Nets. I know it's the Nets, but what bench do you hear putting up a hundred points in a game? Hundred points. The bench. I've never seen that. I don't oh, think I've only ever the seen bench. that before. Only the bench put up 100 points. All right? The Celtics bench, wh- what? We put up seven at one point during the series? 
the 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 bench didn't do anything. The, yep. the it's 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 all going to come down. This is what I've been saying for so long now. If you have been listening to this podcast now for the 14th episode, I think I say it on almost every episode. The bench is the X factor to this team. If you are going to go up against the Toronto Raptors bench, be fucking prepared. Be prepared yeah. because yep. this team is not to mess with. They just put 100 points up from the bench in the playoffs. There has to be someone on the bench. Like not Ro- like Romeo Langford, he he has to he has to score at some point, but right now his main focus is lock who whoever you're on, lock him the hell down. Yep. Right? And let the scorers take uh, handle the scoring because this bench is going to be a very difficult task. That is where the bulk of the Toronto Raptors points I believe are going to come from. It's when the bench and bench meet each other. Because Excuse me. <laughs> when the bench, bench I, I, I got stuck a you little bit. You dying over there? No, I was for a second. I had a little burst. <laughs> when the bench and bench meet each other, the Raptors have the upper hand on the bench. So the Celtics truly have to come prepared for a bench battle because that is really where the game is going to be won. And that's where that's why we need Tatum, Brown, and Kemba to also keep doing what they're doing because if one of those guys is going to have, especially with Hayward out now, it's much it's going to be much more difficult to win when one of you, one of those guys has an off night. At least you'd have three guys to to cover it up to step up when one guy's having an off night. But like let's say Tatum's having an off night, we're going to really need Kemba and Brown to uh, to share that scoring load. Right. And you're right when it comes to the bench. I mean that's when where it's going to be. That's what I've always been worried about when it comes to teams like this, even Milwaukee or even, you know, one of the West teams. When we take the starters out and they take their starters out against the Clippers, let's say, we bring our bench and they bring their bench in. It's like, holy shit, like these guys can start. Like these guys look like they're starters. Like Lou Will and Montrez Harrell, like that's an insane matchup. With the Celtics, I like – I have liked what I've seen from their bench in the first round. I think that they have – looked much better than they have during the seeding games. I think that guys have stepped up. Brad Wanamaker, I, I say stuff about him all the time, but he has looked decent. He has looked decent, and I'll give it to him. I'll give credit where credit is due. He has looked decent. Grant Williams, second player in NBA playoff history to to shoot four threes and not miss one. He, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm going to rely on him to be shooting threes, but like, hey, if we're going to be getting that type of production from the from Grant Williams – playing the way he does, like on defense, making hustle plays, passing, and he starts hitting some threes. Hey, I mean, I'll take it. Robert Williams, uh, guys like him, he needs to step up. We're going to be going up against Serge Ibaka coming off the bench. Like we're going to need, we're going to need Robert Williams. We're going to need Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor held his own against Joel Embiid. Believe it or not, Ennis Cantor, if you look at the statistics, he actually held Embiid to like pretty low numbers and bad shooting. So Ennis Cantor, Robert Williams, those two guys I'm looking at off the bench to make a difference. I'm looking at those two guys. To hell, I just said Ibaka averaged 19 and 10 off the bench against the Nets in 23 minutes a game. You can't allow that. If you're, if you're allowing a bench guy to put up 19 and 10 in 20 minutes, like you're in for some trouble. I love seeing early minutes from Romeo Langford. He was Romeo Langford has been getting minutes in the first quarter. His job isn't to go out there and score for the team. He does, that's not his responsibility. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell averaged 17.5 points a game. I want to see guys like Romeo Langford. I want to see guys like Marcus. Actually, Marcus Smart will probably uh, be handling the Van Vliet 
Uh, that'll probably be the matchup in my opinion. Great but matchup. It, it, that would be a fantastic matchup. Put Romeo, have him guard Norman Powell, have him guard all these scoring guards because that's what he's good at is playing defense. And if that's what value, that's the value that he brings to the table. That's what he brings, his defense, his peskiness, his tenacity, stripping the ball away from guys, not making it hard for them to get by him, uh, having them force bad shots. That's what his job is, and that's what he's really, really good at. So Romeo Langford, I expect to see – a lot of minutes, maybe not a lot of minutes, but he's going to get a good chunk of minutes, especially when there's times that you just need defense. And then, I mean, Tatum, Brown, Kemba, I'm confident in the Celtics right now because they looked great in the first round. Tatum averaged 27 points, almost 10 rebounds, and a few blocks a game. He looked unbelievable. I mean, he shot, he's the youngest player in NBA playoff history to hit eight threes in a game. He had 30-point performances. He has he had a strong closeout game yesterday. He had 28 and 15 rebounds. Like, he's just been playing so great. Kemba Walker had three straight games of 20-plus 20, uh, 20 points. The first playoff game, he had 19. Kemba Walker had won three playoff games in his time in, his time in Charlotte, and he's won four already in his first four playoff games in Boston. Cardiac Kemba's here. This is what we've been waiting for. Kemba Walker was hurt. They, they slowed him back into things. They eased him back in, did the minutes restriction. That sucked because, you know, like that game against Milwaukee, first game, it would have been nice to see him play more minutes. But it's worth it because now he's healthy in the playoffs. And this is why he said it. This is why he came to Boston. He came to Boston to win. Right. And now he is looking like the player that we gave a max contract to last offseason. And he is looking like the guy – that is going to be hitting big shots, stepping up in the big moments for the Celtics in this next round and hopefully moving forward. So that's why I'm so confident in the Celtics right now. They, they just, the chemistry is there. They're trusting each other. Even with Hayward gone, they are looking, they're looking top tier. And that's why I, I have confidence that they, they can uh, take the Raptors down in six or seven games at this point. Yeah, I, I have all the confidence in the world. I think the Celtics have the best chemistry in the league. By far. I think that these guys are just, they have, you know, with Tatum and Brown, uh, what they've been through just as teammates so far in their careers with, you know, the whole Kyrie situation, you know, all the swapping in and out of players that just builds their, their chemistry right there together. You know what I mean? So the yep. chemistry, the chemi- those are their two leaders right there. The strongest chemistry on the team is coming from their two leaders. And if, you have strong chemistry coming from the top, coming from your leadership. It's all going to work down into the rest of the team, the rest of the organization, the, the coaches, everything. All right? So th- the chemistry is there. Tatum, I, I don't know who can possibly stop Jason Tatum. He was automatic from everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Like, you call his shots at this point, and you know what's going to go in. Yep. Like he could, he could be quadruple teamed and he's taking a sidestep three pointer and it's going to go in. It, he just it's looks just so confident. Too. It's the, it's the deadliest move. One of the deadliest moves moves in the league is his sidestep side three. Dude, that's going to go down as one of the like not unguardable I, moves, but it's going to go down as like a pretty like deadly move. Yes. No, like when there's it's all the, said and done. Like, there's the, the James Harden Euro. There's the James Harden step back. There's the Jason Tatum sidestep. You know, there's all those moves that 
uh, you know, the AI crossover. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, the step ho- over. Hopefully um, Tatum's sidestep turns into that. But, you know, even with Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown has been an absolute problem too. He has not been able to be contained at all. And there was one night, I think it was, did Tatum have like 15 points? Uh, and there, the, I think it was game. I think it was game three where he really didn't have that great of a, uh, not yeah. like he didn't have like a high scoring game. I should say right. Yeah, yeah that he was had, the he one game. Fit, he shot six for 19, 15 points, six rebounds. But yeah. then you had Kemba drop in twenty four and Jalen drop in twenty one, and Smart had fourteen. So it's like that's where those guys step up. That's where it's like a game like that is what I'm saying. Like if you're going to have someone like Tatum shooting. Six for 19, Walker and Brown need to have good games. And they did, yeah. and that's why the Celtics won. Like, that's what needs to happen. It's the, that's, the, well, that's the thing with this team, and that's why they are a built the way they are. If Jason Tatum doesn't have a good game, you have two other guys right there. You have Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown. The third one would have been Gordon Hayward, but obviously he's gone now. So the third guy that steps up in that situation has to be Marcus Smart. So when one of those guys, one of those four currently, Smart, Tatum, Brown, or Kemba, right? If yep. one of those four have a bad game, at least uh, – all actually, all three of the other ones have to step up because there's not enough scoring coming from the bench where you can say, hey, like, we can have scoring from Tatum, we can have scoring from Brown, and we can distribute it throughout the rest of the team. That that's that team isn't built well enough. It's not built deep enough to be able to rely on a guy to come off the bench and get points for you. I so, wish. Yeah, no, I wish too. So if one of those guys has an off night, all three, all three have to step up in some sort of way. And that's why Hayward's injury sucks too. It's because not only are you missing Hayward, but what it means is that you're bringing someone off the bench like Marcus Smart starting. Marcus Smart could give you 12, 15 points a night off the bench, but now he's in the starting lineup that takes away from the bench. If you had all four of those guys healthy throughout the entire game, one guy was going to be on the court. Now you only got three of those guys and it's, you can still do it. It's just going to be a little harder working with the the rotations, the matchups, who's going to be on with the bench. Who's not like, that's what makes it difficult. Like Hayward, when he was healthy at start of the second quarter, that was his time to stay in and he was with the bench. And Hayward would just do his thing. Now it's like we're seeing that with Tatum. And now we're seeing, you know, Tatum's been getting into foul trouble. It, it, it's tough. Like, when you, especially, I mean, the refs will get into it with Philly, but like the Philly refs or the refs during that series suck. Like, they were giving some, some terrible, like, that's an oh, understatement. Like, they were giving some terrible, terrible calls. Like, Tatum had three fouls in the first quarter in game three. And he didn't play the entire second quarter. And like and and that was the game where he had fifteen. He yeah. shot six for nineteen. He just couldn't get a rhythm. He wasn't in the game like for a long period of time just to be able to like get his shots going. Like he had to go in first quarter, sat the entire second, played a little bit of the third, and then played a lot of the fourth. Like he just never got the time to just get everything going. And it's like you we need a we need to find ways to combat that to make sure it works. Like against Philly, sure, we got it done. But now we're going up against a real a real threat in Toronto. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited for every single game. It is going to be 
a, a battle. It's going to be a bloodbath. These teams are going to be going at each other. And it's going to be uh, interesting. So let's kind of like, I mean, we kind of skipped over it and talked about Toronto, but what, do you, what, do you, what were your thoughts about the Celtics sweep over the 76ers? Like, like players as a team, like what did you take away from that going into the, the matchup against Toronto? I thought that we were going to give them a game, not give them a game, but I thought they were going to be able to win a game. So, um, I mean, I'm not shocked that we swept them, but I thought Philly was going to be able to pull at least one win out. So I'm glad they didn't extend the series because that just helps us more rest for us. Um, I think everyone, you know, did their job correctly. Um, no really complaints except for the officiating. I mean, like so bad. The the, the 76 had 19 free throw attempts in the first quarter yesterday in game one. The thing is, it's uh, game not, four. I mean, not game one. It's not even just that series. It's like every game I've watched. Like I'm the refs have been bad. The Porzingis ejection. Like yeah, I I'm about to do like some experiment, like or something. Like how many fouls are averaged in a quarter? like just itself or how many fouls are averaged every like 10 possessions? Like, is yep. it like how, out of every 10 possessions, how many fouls they call? Because like they, I swear to God, I watch the games now and there's a foul call on every single offensive possession. It and takes I, away it's, from the it, game. It's, you know, there's a speed of play problem in other leagues, but this, if this starts to become a trend, it's going to become very long games. Mm-hmm. Like, they, there should not be a foul call on every single possession. That's what happens now is every single possession is a foul call. That's not how it should be played. Let them play. That's all you got to do. Let them play. If there's an actual hard foul, call it. If it's a clear foul that's affecting the shot, call it. But this, all this little tacky shit off ball, let them play hard basketball. Yeah, like it was um, – I, I saw a battle going on in the paint the other day. I forget who the two big guys were. It might have been Cantor, actually. And they're calling fouls on off-ball plays. Both guys are pushing and shoving each other. Just let it go. Like, just let it go. You're killing the, the, the rhythm of the game, the flow yeah. of the game. And it's just really annoying to see now. And it's so obvious how many calls a game happen. But – Oh, yeah, it's not even annoying when it's, like, happening to us. Like, I mean, even when it's happening to the Celtics, like, it's annoying when you have all these calls going up against them. But then it's, like, we get a call. Like, the Sixers get a call, and it's just, like, it should be a no call. It's, like, okay, like, just stop. You know what I mean? Like, it's inconsistent. One, fouls, and it's so inconsistent. It was game – I think it was game one. Or it was game – I'm getting the games mixed up. I think it was game one. Tatum was getting hacked. Like, he kept driving, and he was getting hit. Like, he got hit. He went to the free throw line 11 times that game, I believe. He could have gone to the line 40 times. No, he could have went to the line 20 times and finished with 40 points. He was getting plowed when he was going to the basket, and the refs weren't calling shit. But then on the other end, same thing's happening, and they were calling it for the Sixers. It's just like, if you're going to call it, call it both ways. If you're not going to call it, okay, but you don't call it, then you, you better not call it over there. It's like, and then another thing, Embiid gets the ball in the paint. They swipe down on it. He loses the ball, and it's a foul every single time. Like, what not? Like you watch the replays; they're barely even hitting it. They're hitting the ball yeah. out of his hands. And and then the late fouls, where you already get the ball and you're starting to run the fast break, and then they blow the whistle. It's just like, dude, 
you're making these calls because you saw the guy missed or you, or because whatever, like, it's just a lot. Yeah. A lot of missed calls. Like they're inconsistent because they're trying to be consistent. You know, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. I get what you're saying. It's, it's baffling. Like, I mean, the last two games, games three and four, it was literally Boston versus Philly and the refs. That that's literally what the game I'm Philly was. That's why, that's why I think Philly, like, they deserve to get been swept because they were given so many chances by the refs in those last yep. two games. Like they should have won one of those games for being completely honest with you. Like the refs yeah. would just the first 10 seconds of last game, game four, they're already at the free throw line. I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like we're getting this stuff started early. I just don't want to see any of that. I think that was more honestly because the league, the refs knew that Philly was going to lose and they want to, extend the series or whatever it was um i don't know if we'll be seeing i hope we don't see calls like that against the raptors because that's not a series where you're gonna have to make calls like that let the kids play if it's a foul call it if it's not let them keep playing like i I don't know exactly i I, I saw this report and it turned out to be kind of fake it was like tatum complaining about not getting superstar calls blah 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 and i don't believe that oh yeah i saw that too yeah, yeah. i don't believe that for a minute. that's not real but tatum was complaining a lot about no calls during the series but it's like the calls that he was complaining about he was very like he had a point you know yeah, no and he had a point it's just like it's it's a shame that you have to go to the that extent where you're just complaining all the time but it's just like man just make the right call just make the right call and or or just don't or don't make any calls go just pick a side Pick a side. Why don't we just let the players call the games at this point? Let them get the uh, let them call the fouls. Yeah, yeah. Just call like your pick own up. Fouls. At this point, that's kind. Of, it's just pick up. Why not? Yeah, call your own fouls. I'm done with the officiating. Like it's ridiculous. Like there shouldn't be a foul call on every single offensive possession. Why? Why is every possession of yeah? Like this is what I'm saying. Like I want to do something. Like I I need to track these fouls now. Like. Because it's getting ridiculous how many calls per possession they make. Like, honestly, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the Phillies shot 34 free throws in game four. In game three, they shot. They also shot 34 free throws and shot 10 more than the Celtics. Celtics had four more fouls than them. Game two, this was a blowout, so this might not be as bad. Uh, wow, the Celtics shot 37 free throws in game two, but the Philadelphia uh, Philly shot 29. They also had 28 fouls. Oh, wait, hold on a second. I read that wrong. Hold on a second. No, the Celtics, I think the Celtics, Celtics shot 29, and the Philly shot 37 free throws. And Philly and Celtics got called for seven more fouls. So, so far, let me go game one now, last game. The Celtics shot three more free throws. That was the only game where they were where um they shot more free throws in the Sixers game one. At the end of the first quarter on game three, it might have been, or it might have been yesterday, uh, game four. The the foul called in the first quarter. The end of the first quarter was nineteen to six, for foul, yeah, for free yeah, throws. Yeah, 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 like yeah, the Sixers, four. the Sixers has already taken nineteen free throws. Yeah, at the, end the, of the first quarter. Six. Yes. Like, like that's so that's so crazy. Three foul calls? That's all you're giving me? In in game three, Embiid had like eleven, twelve free throw attempts in the first quarter alone. Embiid Embiid, Embiid is I, one of the biggest floppers in the league, man. He is. He yeah. honestly is. 
I, I, I actually like, biggest... can't stand watching him play. Like he's good in some sense, and he's good. Like I'm not trying to take that away from him, but like I just hate watching him play. Yeah. He complains so much. For a guy that's that tall, that big, and he flops the way he does, bro, just be a man. Just be tough. Like just act like you he's know, the biggest dude in the league. Like no yeah, one, I know. like he would outbody Taco Fall. He just doesn't act like it. Yeah, uh, no, but you know, I'm all. happy that we we got out of the first round in a sweep at the expense of the Sixers because all year, Sixers fans. I mean, since game one when they beat the Celtics, Jalen Brown had five fouls in like ten minutes. Since game one, they've been like, Philly's better. We're making it to the finals. We're the favorites in the East. This and that. Like we have Al Horford. We have this. All this. Well, Al Horford helped us beat your ass a few years ago, and he also helped us beat you this time around except he's on your team so thanks for that and thanks for giving him 30 million dollars a year the Sixers this year were the Celtics last year except the Celtics made it out of the first round last year so that's I don't even like Al Horford anymore Al Horford you know why like see like I still liked him when he was on the Sixers this year but all of his antics during this series it's just like like he 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 slapped the backboard and then screamed Mm -hmm. on a layup it's a layup, dude. Good job. Yeah. You, you got a you got a tough layup. Good job. And then he hits, he hit another shot yesterday, and then he stares at the Celtics bench. Like, yeah, bro, like I saw you're that. the you you're are the one that left. One that left. <laughs> you are the one. You are the one that left. Why why are you trying to act big when you're the one that left? Like, I think it's no, hilarious. You you leave Boston to have a better chance in the playoffs. Dude, look what happened. You I, know the guy, I know the guy got his money, and I respect him for getting the bag at his old age. But listen, you put yourself in a tough position. Like, you you want to win championships? You should have just stayed in Boston, my man. But you, I'm, I'm not an Al Horford fan anymore. I respect him. Like, I'm not – I don't really have anything against him. It's just, you know, you join the enemy, you're going to get treated like an enemy. I, That's I just, just what it comes down to. I just think, like – he, with the antics like that he had no, like, that's, he was I, just, not, when he that's, was just like when he was just like trying to like talk shit and stuff it's like what scream, are you doing I, there was a stat I, I i pulled up right now but it's probably so far down he had zero points it. after he after screamed. the stream it was like zero points minus 12 plus minus like didn't he did absolutely nothing after that it's like wow yeah. good for you al like uh, <laughs> you're happy your team's down i forgot what game that was i don't know if that was one or two but it's like you're happy that your team's already down in the series <laughs> and they he's going home he's going to cancun for the rest yeah. of uh for the for the rest of the summer yeah. so hey it, it it that's uh that's his decision that you enjoy was, uh, you enjoy the choice. money Al. i'll enjoy enjoy the, the money yeah i mean listen either he's gonna get traded for like a second round pick or like i don't know if he can even get traded because of how much money he makes or he's gonna get bought out eventually it's just not gonna work it's just yeah. well on our next podcast hoops caviar me and ryan are actually gonna talk about what we think the Celtics – or not the Celtics, the Sixers should do with their roster moving forward. Um, I'm not really going to get into that right now, but if I can say one thing, I'm going to tell you that Brett Brown is not going to make it uh, the week. I don't think he's going to have a job after this week. <laughs> oh, no, he'll be searching. He'll be searching he is going for to a be job. job Unemployment. He is just like me. He is going to be searching for jobs in a few, in a, in a few days. He is going to be on unemployment. And we'll see what happens because I can tell you what, he is not going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers next season. But that's something we'll talk about on Hoops Caviar next episode. So make sure you guys they, check they that out. hard basketball. <laughs> Brett, <laughs> Brett Brown, every time he talks, oh, yeah, um, yeah, we went out there and we played hard. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we just got to score, you know, and um, play D. 
and uh, I think we'll be good. Hey, I mean, if you score and you play D, I mean, that could result in some wins. Thank you, Brett Brown. Uh, there was actually something that came out before we started recording from Bleach Report where he, like, would have his moments during the year where he would lash out on Simmons and Embiid. He'd be like, um, why? He was like, why the fuck does Simmons not shoot the basketball? And then he was just like, he would say stuff about Embiid being fat. He's like, Embiid's like out of shape. Like, we're all going to lose our jobs because Embiid's out of shape. I yeah, mean, I mean, Jimmy, I, I feel bad for him. Watched, um, I, right, I feel bad for him because Brett Brown's actually like a good coach. Like, he's been around the league for a while. Like, he knows his stuff, but he just got put, like, this team. He just got handed up. Well, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler put it the best way when he left. It's just like no one knows what's going on there. No Who's one... the leader on that team? It's not Embiid. <laughs> if it was Embiid, they wouldn't have gotten swept. That's, that's what I'm saying. Who, like, what is going on in Simmons. Philadelphia? What, what is going on in Philadelphia? Jimmy Butler, when he left, he had an interview. I forget what show it was on. It might have been with J.J. Redick, actually, uh-huh. on his podcast. But he literally said it best. He's just like, what no one knows what's going on in Philadelphia. Like that is literally the the most like messed up organization there is. Like there's nothing going well there. Hey, trust <laughs> the process. The the process is a failed experiment. We have the process come to see. has always been a failed experiment. It, what are they, they, has... the furthest they've gone is to the second round game seven and they lost on a buzzer beater to Kawhi. That's all the process has gotten them. Yes. It is a failed experiment. We'll and see what happens. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it on Hoops Caviar, but it'll be interesting to see. Look at the roster they have now and compare it to three months from now, four months from now. And it's it's going to look a lot different. It's going to look a whole lot different. So that's what Philly fans have to look forward to this offseason. Good luck. Godspeed. And, yeah, that's all I really have to say there. Uh, Ryan, do you have any closing thoughts, Any uh, anything you want to say to these people before we uh, close it off here? I do not really have any closing thoughts. So there's no closing that. thoughts. Okay. Well, we got <laughs> we got Celtics Toronto game one on Thursday. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with Kyle Lowry. Uh, more testing will be done. We'll see if he's going to miss any time. Um, but until then, you know, we're just going to be looking forward to it and seeing what the Celtics can do leading up to game one. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for listening once again. This was episode 14 of Chasing Banners. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Downtown Deck. There you can find the Twitter handles to this podcast at Chasing Banners, as well as the handle and the account for our other podcast at Hoops Caviar. Like I mentioned, we will be recording in the next few days, putting out an episode. We're going to be talking about all NBA stuff, including what we think the Sixers should do in the offseason. And Ryan, why don't you tell these people where they can find you, where they can follow you, and what what you do? Well, I do a lot of things. Um, a lot I of talk. Good things. Yeah, no, a lot of good things. Uh, I do hoops caviar with Dante, this man right here on Ooh. this show right here, on um, Wednesdays uh, or Thursdays. We kind of switch swap. Yeah, that. whatever works. Yeah, and then um, you can find me on Twitter at four hundred one Sheehan. I mention it all the time. That's where I post all my buffoonery and talk Celtics and sports. Uh, you can find my Sheehan's World podcast on Spotify, Anchor. I have the link on Twitter, I think, also. But I also have an Instagram page for it called Sheehan's World Pod. I'm taking a break on that. I'm bringing it to YouTube. I'm doing a lot more fun stuff with stuff with it. So I'm currently on break with that. But, yeah, that's what I got. And it sounds like you got a lot of great things going, Sheehan. So yeah. f- make sure to follow us. You'll always be caught up to date with 
NBA Celtics content. And thank you guys again for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go Celtics. Go Celtics. Peace Peace out, guys. Peace.